MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Check it out now. October 12, 2023, it is the Beating the Book podcast, week number six in the National Football League. It's Gil Alexander. Um, It was going swimmingly well for me the first four weeks of the season, and I just got curb stomped in week five. We'll get into all that. Um, really appreciate everybody listening week after week. We'll try to do better next week. I don't know. Maybe Will or Todd did well last week. I don't know. Uh, no. The two, the two, no, he says immediately, two staples of the show. That was the voice of Will Hill at not the Will Hill on Twitter, who is not only uh, part of the Megapod, but also, of course, Bear Bets Pod, both college and football versions with Chris Felica. How you doing, Will? You didn't have a good week either? Uh, one and two. Yeah, one the uh, one Pittsburgh, which honestly, I mean, they were getting four and a half, and probably even lucky to cover, lucky to cover that, even though they won and then lost the last two. And uh, yeah, just uh, just ready for this week, ready ready to turn a corner here, bro. Not only was I zero and three on this show, I was zero and five in circa millions. Like nothing went my way. Uh, Todd, how'd you do? How you doing, Todd Wishnev, everybody from his mom's cork attic in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Hi, uh, terrible. <sighs> You had a terrible week, too? It's been a terrible week in gambling. It's been a terrible week in life. It's just been a terrible week, period. Yeah. Todd and I are compartmentalizing is what we're doing. World events have seeped into our world as well. Um, okay. And our rotating guests, who are we are always thrilled with our rotating guests, but uh, I always learn something when Rufus is on the show. Uh, Rufus Peabody and Jeff Ma were kind enough to have me on Bet the Process, their podcast this week. We did a little bit of an exchange program. Um, and maybe we should have had, I just learned, maybe we should have had Rufus on next week because it's both Rufus and Todd's birthday a week from today. So happy birthday in advance to Rufus Peabody, everybody. How you doing, Rufus? I'm good. Um, I think I beat you guys for last week in terms of how bad it was. I, not only did I go 0-5 in one Circa Millions, I went 0-5 in all five Circa Millions <laughs> entries. Wow. And that was, so that was uh, across seven picks. So I went wow. 0-7. Okay. And three of my four... Well, six of my eight Survivor entries got knocked out as well. So. Oh, I'm done in Survivor. I had the com- and, I had the Commanders. Yeah. And the but Orioles. Here's who we lost. like this week. And the Orioles lost. He said, uh, which Rufus is a fan. Rufus is a big fan of the Orioles. Um, and I'll say it again. Rufus and I are both fans of the Orioles because we are too young to be Senators fans, too old to be Nationals fans. That's the sort of pocket of Washingtonians that we are. So we grew up as Orioles fans. What did you say, Will? What's the Survivor play this week? Oh, no, we were all talking about how much we lost, and I said, but here's who we like this week. Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, it's only one week, right? We did fine the first four weeks, yeah. Um, so, wait, let me ask you a question before we get off that then. 
Do you think there's anything, first of all, were all of your, your entries in millions the same picks, or were they different picks? Uh, second million, I had seven, seven different picks that I spread it around. The funny thing is, like, one of the picks I went, like, I went Packers to be contrarian, just given the fact that I thought the, I mean, the, the line had moved from, the line had moved towards the Raiders. So if people were entering, they were getting a lot of closing line value on, on the Raiders side. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to go Packers here, even though my numbers didn't like it Yeah. Um, to differentiate. And, and even that one lost. So yeah, they should have won. And then I think just Jordan Love just became so impatient on that oh. last drive. Ah. Oh, I was rooting for it to lose though, Gil, because at that point, Booby. being like, zero and four on most of these, for the week, like I'm already screwed for the contest. Right. And this is week one of Q2, or last week was week one of the second quarter right. season. And there's the booby prize for the worst entry. So now I have five entries at 0 and 5. Like yeah. I am sitting pretty. You are sitting pretty. But here's so I have two questions. One about that, because I'm also 0 and 5, but you have multiple entries at 0 and 5. Are you so good at this that you can now strategize to win the quarter booby, which is, by the way, a five-week booby. We don't even get that break, right? It's a five-week booby. Um, are you that good that you think you can now tailor it to, to win that? You know, I, I don't know anything, Gil. Yeah. That's basically what it comes down to. <laughs> that's what it comes down But, okay, so that's the bigger question. So many of these games, which we'll get to, I think the difference between going 0-5 and, and, say, 3-2 and two is paper thin. Um there's moments in each of these games that our brains tend to purge that if one yard is gained on a fourth and one, like on a high leverage play, that was the case in multiple games. The whole thing shifts. And like we think, oh, Cincinnati crushed Arizona. It was probably the right side. But if Arizona converts a fourth and one late in the third, they probably take the lead. If Derrick Henry can convert a fourth and one against uh, who was that, Indianapolis, maybe the Titans end up winning that game. So there's a bunch of that. The, the, the bigger question is this. We all did poorly this week. Do you think there's any reason for that? Was there something about that week specifically? Were we all on the same games? That, what, that, would, that would make sense. What were you on? Um, let's see. Bills? I, I was not on the Bills. Either of you guys Rams. on the Bills? I was on the Rams. I was on the Rams. Bill, Bills? Well, so Bills, oh. Titans, and Ravens were my survivors and Dolphins. So two entries on each of those. I was two of the four entries in Circus Survivor on the Titans, which was like, it, I loved the leverage I had there, but it didn't work out. Well, okay. Uh, let's I... see. What else was I on, though? I was yeah. on, um, I said Rams, Bills. Now I'm like, blank. I'm, I'm repressing this. If you tell me a game, I'll tell you <laughs> okay. what I was on. I'll tell you what I was on. I was on the Rams. I was on the Titans. I was on the Texans, which, again, they lost on the last drive also. Uh, I was on, now I forgot too, Rams, Titans, Texans. Um, I'll look it we up here. We were both on the Cardinals. Both on the Cardinals. We were, all on, five we were all on the Cardinals. That's for sure. I was on the Cowboys. Oh, I was too. on the Ravens. I was on the Ravens. at my. I got minus three and a half early in the week. So that's, and, that's and the also... that to me is the most brutal, maybe the most brutal loss yeah. of the year in any game. Because he just had so many drops. And in the end zone too. This just always seems to happen in the Steelers-Ravens games, right? It's, people love that. Oh, I know. I, oh, you know what I also had? I had the, uh, oh, I did have the Bills. Check that. I had the Bills, Texans, Titans, Cardinals, and Rams. They all lost. They all lost. Um, about Survivor, too. I just want to, a, a pick. I just got to say this again, because I keep hearing this. So I had started with five entries in Survivor. Uh, I got one knocked out each of the first three weeks. Broncos, Broncos, Jags. So I had two left going into this past week. And because the two that I had left 
happened to be, just by luck, bad luck, the chalky ones. So the one that I had, oh, Washington week one, the Giants week two, that got knocked out by the Jaguars week three. So because the ones, the two that I had left had identical picks, and it was Chalk McCharkerson. It was like Baltimore, Buffalo, Kansas City, San Francisco. Just the the two that I had saved for just the the most brain-dead plays. I decided going into last week, well, I can't play Miami or Detroit. At some point, I have to, like, gain some power ranking to these entries. I decided, well, I'm going to take the Commanders knowing what the pitfalls, the possible pitfalls of that of that was. It's so interesting to hear people who played either Detroit or Miami say, yeah, good thing we didn't get cute with Washington. It's not about getting cute. It's not like the people who took Washington, or at least in this case me, I'll say, didn't know that there was, that there was perils to doing that. It's that if you keep going chalk, 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 chalkity chalk, you're losing anyway. And the object is not to survive. The object is to win. Does that resonate with anybody? Like, am I right, am I right Rufus, about that? 100%, but I think you're wrong because Washington was chalk last week. At least I, oh, I have them. you would have gone I even have friskier. A, oh, yeah. I mean, that's why oh, I went like. Okay. I, I've, so I've basically modeled out, um, like, ownership, for lack of a better word, uh, based on previous weeks of Circus Survivor. And it's actually been, it's done, it's been quite accurate, like, the week before that, I, I had modeled San Francisco as having, I think, 50-something percent ownership, and they ended up being 48%. I was like, there's no way it's going to be that high. Yeah. But you're, I'm factoring in, like, future value, um, including, like, is Christmas, is uh, the short Thanksgiving week, and then the game money line and future value basically by, like, a, a market power rating. And so, like, I thought Washington – I mean, the only thing is they were a Thursday game, but I had Detroit – at about 50% Washington in the low 20s, then Miami at 11%, and everybody else was in the 1% or less range. Yeah. So, and so I was like, given that, like going Baltimore, Buffalo, Tennessee kind of made sense. Like I'd rather, I know Baltimore, let's say, was like 65% to win. You know, I'd rather go with the 65% that's 1% owned than the 80% that's 50% owned or 40% or whatever it is. Sure, that's right. I, I did a th last thing about this because I don't want to be later, but I did a, th I remember, and I, I apologize to Jeff Parlay in advance, but when Jeff was my producer on a numbers game, there was a Thanksgiving. I want to say this was last year or the year before, I think. Two years ago with the Raiders, I know. Two exactly years ago, that's right. So I did a, a thought exercise. Jeff was my producer, and I said, Jeff, let's say there were 100 people left in Survivor. The Cowboys were big favorites over the Raiders that day. And I said, and you knew, you knew that 99 of the 100 people were going to take the Cowboys. Would you take the Raiders? And he goes, I can't do it. I go, Jeff, how many times in your life will you get a one shot at $6 million? You've got to take the... So that's, that's what you're trying to overcome in people's minds. Like they, It's this, you're, we're wired to want to survive. That, that ain't the game. That ain't the game. You got to win. And you got to be okay with letting it go. Anyway. Well, I, th I think in Circus Survivor, there's, it isn't, like, the chalk um, is much more a function of how bad the team is as well than, I think, other Survivor contests. Because when I've seen, like, projected ownership for, like, Yahoo and stuff like that, it's very different than what I've gotten. On, I've, from, I've seen I, that, too. From using Circa, and yeah. it's very different from what has actually come in on Circa as well. So, yeah. like, the week Jackson, everybody had Jacksonville against the Texans, and they lost, right? I mean... It, you know, that was, I mean, that's why I thought Washington was going to be so highly owned this week. Um, 
well, the people that still had Washington left after a lot of people used them week one. Yeah. By the way, just to put this into context, there are start, Circus Survivor started out with 9,267 entries at one entry, uh, $1,000 an entry, uh, so 1,000 a pop, so $9.267 million. Of that starting group, we are five weeks in, and 80-plus percent have been knocked out. Last year at this time, 88%-plus had been knocked out, where there's over 6,000 last year. So there's 1,836 entries left. And the other way to contextualize that is the first year of Circus Survivor, it only started with 15. So you still have more entries than existed to begin the first Circus Survivor a few years ago. So still a long way to go. The intrinsic value of each remaining is over $5,000 currently, if you do it that way as well. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, from this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. Here are three reasons Zinn is America's number one nicotine pouch. We use food-grade ingredients. We have a wide selection of varieties. And they all come in two strengths. Find Zinn at a store near you. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Todd, was there any in-game thing you wanted to talk about? We can pass if there isn't. Um, no, not, not really. I just, you know, I, I just think the in game is in, in the NFL, they're getting really, really much smarter in pricing these games. Um, I kind of oh, got, know, that's interesting. Yeah. I, I definitely noticed that, uh, both in college and in pros this year, uh, especially like, you know, in, in the old days in college, or at least even up until last year, big dogs that were winning like seven, nothing or 10, nothing or something. It would still be significant dogs. So, like, if they were like, say, plus twenty-two pregame, all of a sudden they're down, they're up ten, nothing. They would still be, you know, plus thirteen, plus fourteen. You know, they'd still be a high number. Now they're just jamming that thing way down right away, um, so hmm. that like it's almost like they're seeing, hey, this dog might win this game earlier than they used to. That's one thing I've noticed a lot. Um, really? In the NFL, they're getting much better at the middle four minute. Mid, uh, four minute end, four minute and beginning four minute of the second half issue about the double possessions. They're getting a lot better at pricing that. Um, you know, you could notice that in the Minnesota Viking KC game, 
where the uh, Vikings were getting five still in the uh, in late in the first half. So I just think they're getting much more sophisticated on the pricing is going to make it harder and harder to win uh, in game as they get better and better at uh, pricing. And, you know, I'm sure there'll still be little inefficiencies here and there, but I do think that the pricing gods of the uh, in game are getting tighter and smarter. That, that's interesting because the, the middle four, right, going into the half, if that was a good edge. And so if that's going by the wayside, that kind of sucks. Uh, and, and maybe it is. Maybe the algorithm changed in some way. That in, in some way, the the first one though is I'm I'm more curious about because do you really think the algorithm has changed? Like if you're a if you're a 14 point favorite and you yeah, fall behind, do, yeah, really? I, it, I do think it's changed. I wow. really do. Okay. They don't just do it. You know, it used to be they did everything off the pregame numbers. Yeah. And that was that. Yeah, it's all derivative. And so, you know, yeah, it was all just like, okay, well, team's a 21-point favorite, you know, and then they would have, like, different rules about if one team was ahead versus the other team being ahead and, and stuff like that. I, you know, maybe I'm wrong. I just, to me, it seems like, I'm like, wow, at this point in time, last couple years, like, let's say early second quarter, and a, and a dog was hanging in there, you would get so much more juice. And now you have to almost time it perfectly in order to, uh, you know, it, I don't know. It just seems to me, maybe other people who no. disagree with I, I seem to think that they're getting much more sophisticated. Rufus, do you do in a lot of in-game? I, I do no in-game, Gil. You do no in-game? None. 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 Rufus is like, I, I live in New York. I got, I got things to do. <laughs> it's like, I got a life here. Um, have you noticed that, Will, at all? That's interesting to me. Okay. That's something to monitor, because that will suck. That sucks bad, you know? Yeah, and I'm I'm big into the college basketball, so hopefully I think Ooh. there's still some edges there. So hopefully they well, uh, let's post, pretend post that they day. they don't even that sport exists. Hopefully, <laughs> let's hope nobody's yeah. listening. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay. Let uh, me rephrase that. Let me, in case anyone's listening, college basketball is perfectly lined in terms of the live betting, and they should change nothing. <laughs> that's that's right. It's perfect. Uh, okay. Uh, before we do best bets. Does anybody have a thought? Maybe it's one of your best bets on this Thursday night game tonight. The uh, Chiefs are ten and a half point favorites, hosting the Broncos. Fifteen to thirty mile per hour winds are expected. That's a pretty large range, by the way. But fifteen is sort of the the point that the people that uh, most folks will tell you. Above that, it starts to be you know to affect a football game in terms of the passing game. Um, I got nothing pre flop. Any of you have anything pre flop in this? Uh, I do like the under. I will make it one of my bets, too. I think it's oh. about 47 is the consensus number. Yeah, 47. I'll go I'll go under 47. I just think, like you mentioned, with the wind, I just think Kansas City is not as good on offense as people think, and they're a little better on defense than people think. I think Denver probably just try to run the ball, keep this game close. Division game usually breeds a little more familiarity, closer, uh, lower scoring. Game. I, I was tempted to actually take Denver here, but I don't know that I had the appetite to do that. But I will go under 47. I think it'll be hard to get to 48 points with these two teams. I think I will have one and seven eighth eyes on the baseball game and like only a quarter of an eye on this football game because i am so heavily invested in this phillies over astros exacta that i am just like come on phillies knock them out knock well, them the out other box. thing that, the other thing that i wanted to mention about the end game is be extremely cautious in taking these teams that are up big to continue to score team total wise if you're betting team total over uh, a good example last night was New Mexico State. I had them over 31 and a half. They had 27 points at the half. 
and they finished with 27 points. Now, in the NFL, that's even more exaggerated. So if a team gets up, you know, 31-7, they're not looking to score in the second half. So you, all they're looking to do is get first down, first down, first down, run clock, run clock, run clock. So, you, so people say, oh, well, this team's got 31 points in the first half. I only have to go over, say, 41 and a half. They're for sure going to get 10 and a half points in the second half or nine and a half points in the second half. No, they're not. First of all, late in the game, they're not trying to score at all. Even the Dolphins, who had that blowout game against the, uh, Denver, which was very weird, in the Giants game, stopped trying to score in the fourth quarter. So you basically only have one quarter to score, and even then, they're just playing ball control. So just And, and that, of course, also goes for the, the total in the game as well on an in-game. You have to be very careful because these teams that can move the ball in the first half up and down the field are not looking to score in the second half. Todd Wishnev on in-game betting. Um, okay, ready for some? Oh, it, it turns out it turns out I did have a Chiefs bet, but oh. um, on but it was it was bet on Monday morning under fifty-one and fifty and a half. Oh, there you go. Oh, all right. So I, did you blanket a bunch of wind-related games like a lot of people did for Sunday as well? Um, there were games that looked good weather-wise. Yeah. That, what other unders do you have right now that look pretty good Sunday? that are no longer available to any of us. I, I don't know if they're available. I think we liked Bears under as well. Yeah. that's, that's... It seems like the Bears thing is, crush, is, is, is crushing down. I just would hesitate to, to play that because the Bears and Vikings is like, an, it's, if this was played in a normal uh, setting, it would be an over festival Yeah, because the Bears have no defense. The Vikings have no defense. They're just purely offensive team. That one's gone from 48.5 to 43.5. So, I mean, I think that's partially weather, partially Jefferson, too. Jefferson's obviously Jefferson is out as well. By the way, how funny was it when uh, Jim Nance? I know, Will, you saw this, too. Was it the Minnesota game where they were, you know, they needed a Hail Mary? Um, who did Minnesota play last week again? I already forgot. It was the Cheats. It was fourth Chiefs. and 15. Oh, yeah. They, in the they, corner, were, they were down and seven. The guy got past an appearance. <laughs> and then they, they picked up the flag. They picked up the flag. And then they told the guy to put his helmet back on yeah. so he doesn't get a penalty. In order to fuck me on my plus five, pardon my language, in order to screw me mm. on my Minnesota plus five. I, I, I apologize for no, the... That's uh, all right. Not, not there was what also was, hands not, to the face on the Chiefs. There was like also that. hands to the face. That's right. You got screwed three ways is what you is what you got. Anyway, not what I was going to say, but what I was going to... But that is true. That was another screwing. But the... Uh, so they need, they were down seven, and Jim Nance started waxing about, oh, this is the birthplace of the Hail Mary. Like, he was, like, almost pushing Tony Romo aside. Like, forget the fact that it was outdoor, right, at Metropolitan Stadium where it's, like, an ice bowl, and then uh, Roger Staubach hit Drew Hill in 1975. But he's, like, going, oh, is this is the birthplace of the Hail Mary and all this. And then Cousins never got off the pass. <laughs> he, got, he just got wrapped up. It was phenomenal. Phenomenal bit of broadcasting. All right. Um, best bets. Sides and totals. Rufus, we start with you. What's your number one, sir? So, so I don't have a lot of, of good bets this week. None of also, us do. Yeah. Also, I mean, after hearing about my 0-7 and in Circa Millions last week, I, I don't know how much you'd want to actually listen to me. But <laughs> but the bet that I like the most is uh, Tampa Bay. Plus Ooh. three slash plus three and a half. It looks like you can get um, a plus three and a half minus 115 at Caesars and... That I believe is, I mean, there's a few. Pl- I mean, there you get enough, plus three and a half, minus one twenty at circa. I'm, I'm but seeing enough minus, plus three and a half. Yeah, there, there's. We'll give you I mean, plus three, plus three, plus one hundred five available at you know, um, 
that online. Like, so, I mean, it's, it's, I would say it's a solid 3.25. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I make the, I make Tampa a slight favorite. This is one like where I, I've been kind of high on Tampa all, all year. I mean, I think that Baker Mayfield is a little bit of a better quarterback than, than people um, thought. It, it's, it's interesting how, a guy can be like the number one overall pick and, and all these expectations are heaped upon him. And then he just goes to garbage bin so quickly and people are like, Oh, he's, he's trash. And Mm -hmm. he was with, he was on a bad Carolina team last year. He played well in in McVay's offense. Um, And Tampa also, I mean, Tampa still had the defense has the, a lot of the pieces from the defense of last year. And so just cause I mean, I think people thought they were going to be really, really bad. And I thought they'd be an average team this year and they've been, um, they've basically been an average team, maybe slightly better. So I'm, I, this is mostly just the fact that my priors uh, still are, are higher on Tampa, um, or I'm higher on Tampa because my priors are higher on them than other people. When do the priors slough off entirely? Oh, I mean, they, they never slough off entirely. They just what are we getting what are we at right less now? Less. less than fifty percent. You know, I don't know because it's hmm. there's priors for different things. Okay. So quarterback is different than the rest of the offense is different than defense. I see. So okay, well, I, I don't. I the way I have defense. it, I can't give you a percentage on each. Like it's okay. What I, what, I wouldn't even. It would take me like two hours to try to like come up. Like let me let me go just, through the code to find that. No, let me just ask you broadly. Do you have a sense of which lasts the longest though? Which of those categories lasts the longest? Like does quarterback last the shortest or the longest? Uh, I think quarterback in general is going to last the longest. Okay, um, it's interesting. Quarterback. Yeah. By the way, Aaron Schatz. I had Aaron Schatz on from FTN, the uh, creator of. Football Outsiders and DVOA, which we had him on the Megapod a couple weeks ago, but I had him on the radio sh- side this morning. We're going through his uh, his current DVOA rankings, and he has San Francisco, no surprise, number one. He has Buffalo, number two. And then he has a big drop-off to three and a big drop-off down to four. Guess who the number three team is? Any Detroit. Guesses? Detroit, exactly. The Detroit Lions, which I thought was interesting. Um, By the way, on, on the quarterback thing, I mean, like, yeah, think about the priors on Joe Burrow versus what he's done so far this season. Granted, he has been kind of hobbled, but sure, we don't think Joe Burrow is suddenly going to be a bad quarterback no. going forward, do we? No, we do not. We do not. Dodd, what's your number? By the way, I agree with what Rufus said about Tampa Bay's defense. I think Tampa Bay's defense have been, has been overlooked a lot. I think they've been outstanding. They played great against the Saints. They held the Eagles down a bit. I mean, uh, Tampa Bay's defense, I think, is a lot more of the story than just Baker Mayfield. But anyways, um, my pick will be, um, my first pick is going to be what you guys were just talking about. I'm going to take Cincinnati minus two and a half. Um, You know, obviously we've all seen Cincinnati struggle this year. Uh, Last week, it seemed like the offense came back. Now maybe you say, oh, it's just against Arizona. They scored 34 points. But, you know, they played decently enough to beat the Rams pretty, not handily, but decently. Uh, I think they're starting to slough off whatever that real bad hangover looked like early in the season. So uh, two and a half points is kind of low, you know, to me. I mean, Cincinnati's at home. Seattle is not that good. I know they won 21 to three against the Giants, but that was mostly because there was no time for Daniel Jones to do absolutely anything in that game. And Seattle's offense really didn't do a whole hell of a lot. It was mostly just, you know, pick sixes and fumbles and all kind of nonsense that even got them to 21 points. So I'm not, 
you know, I'm not sold on Seattle that all of a sudden they're going on the road and they should only be getting two and a half points at Cincinnati. I mean, Cincinnati just played the Rams and beat them. They were up 19-9. They gave up the backdoor touchdown. But they're similar teams, the Rams and Seattle. So, you know, Cincinnati minus two and a half. Um, I'm going to step in. I'm on. I'm oppo you. I'm taking Seattle yeah. plus the two okay. and a half. Um, by the way, let me just say my three picks here is mainly going through all the others and saying, well, I want no part of that. Well, I can't bet that. I can't bet. So it's kind of like three by default. I think I like Seattle here uh, because, A, extra rest here for the Seahawks in this ball game. Uh, I like that. And as I mentioned earlier, I know, you know, Cincinnati ended up beating Arizona by 14. But it just, if you watch that game and you really were being honest with yourself, Cincinnati, like, they could have been down headed into the fourth quarter in that ball game, And I actually think Arizona played with them until they just sort of gassed out at the end of that game. Um, I like Seattle. I like them to be able to control the football in a way here that can uh, dictate the tempo of this game. You're giving me points. I mean, to me, this is sort of a coin flip game. You're giving me points. I got extra rest. I don't think Burrow is 100% yet. He did. I mean, look, Jamar Chase was open all day. But he got so much of that offense that it almost worries me about the Bengals. You know, that, that if you can somehow figure out a way to tamp him down, then what do you do with injuries, obviously, or elsewhere on the wide receiving course? So I like Seattle plus two and a half. We're oppo, baby. Oppo. Okay. Gil, I lean with you there, too. Oh, thank you very much. Now we're more than oppo against you, Todd. Now, really good shit. now you're when you get the multiple When you get multiple people on one side, it's a bad thing. So that's good for <laughs> Well, please jump well, in. Well, on our, our bet percentage now is this a is this a reverse line move? Uh, yeah. with the bet percentage thing going on. <laughs> we, we got we got two two on one here. So uh, I don't want to. Todd's side must be good as long as he's betting more money than we are. Will any comments? No, nothing. I don't There's no comment. money left after last week. All right, Will. What do you? I might got? jump in on this game later. This is me. Yeah, it's you. I, I, I with Todd Cincinnati oh. no, minus wait, two and a half. Okay, go ahead. Now Will. there's no Sorry. sharp side. Wow. There's, there's, yeah, I'm with, I'm with there's no a signaling of, of a sharp said, side. That's right. There's no, yeah. not a lot of signaling going on. I just yeah. think, look, I, I had Arizona last week too, and, and to me, the whole handicap was, hey, Burrow's not healthy, but it, it, he looked healthy, and if he's going to be healthy, I know these uh, these calves can be finicky, and, and if if he's not healthy, I'm in some trouble this week. But thought he looked better. I, I don't trust the Seattle team to travel, so just going to repeat a, a lot of what what Todd said. I think this is a little cheap here at the two and a half at three, three and a half. I'd stay away, but two and a half. Uh, I could see since he went in this game, okay. I feel. Like I think that might be the, Bengals. That might be the first time in history we've had two against two, even though Rufus has been on an official. So, but that that's interesting. Okay, um, I was supposed to snake here anyway, so it's my turn. And this is going to be like the chalkiest, squarest thing in the world. But Miami Dolphins. Yes, I'm taking the Miami <laughs> Dolphins, and I'm laying. I can still lay thirteen and a half, right? Yes. So it's still 13 and a half. I'm laying the 13 and a half. And here's again, as a guy who had Carolina as the last winless team, my only bet in that market had hit at 15 to one. This comes down to again, for me, it was I got crushed on the NFL draft this year. First time ever losing on the NFL draft. I just couldn't believe the Houston Texans were going to draft this little munchkin who is a great kid. But like, I just don't think it's going that I didn't think it would. I don't think they'd ever trade up to draft him. We're finding out now officially that there was a, a chasm in their front office versus the coaches of who they wanted. I thought they would draft CJ Stroud so far through five games that that's looking pretty good in terms of what I what I thought, even though it got crushed in the draft. I don't think Carolina's good on either side of the ball. And here's the, the real reason that I'm willing to lay these 13 and a half, though. And I get it. Uh, 
Achan is out now. He's on injured reserve. But the Dolphins are one of these offenses. Dr. Bob used to call them bullies. The Dolphins, to me, are a team that is going to destroy teams that are worse than them, and they're going to get popped in the mouth by teams that are as good or better than them. And I think this offense can just name their score against Carolina. And I, if, if you, you're not going to go to the Rich House. Is there a Rich House, by the way? Uh, laying 13 and a half in NFL games. But this is one of these matchups where I'm willing to do it. That's my second. The pick. Rams, they're like the Rams from the uh, what was that team called with Greatest Show on Turf? Greatest Show Greatest on Turf. Show on. No. It, supposedly, I saw something on Twitter. They've got similar statistics. They beat them. They beat. They exceeded their yardage yeah. total through five games. They actually did it with one quarter remaining last week through five. Different weeks. I mean, era. it's the, it's the only. Yeah, maybe a different era, but it's the only team that looks like a college game. You know, when you look at college games, a guy throws the ball and the guy's wide open by like 15 yards and you're just like, oh, my God, this team's going to score a million points. You don't see that in NFL games. NFL games, you hit a bomb. It's because a guy is like label. These guys are wide open. It's unbelievable. Well, you know, when, when a guy runs 22 miles per hour down the field like Tyreek does and they just have speed everywhere, it's incredible. They, they asked uh, Mike McDonald. Is that his name, Mike McDonald? Yeah. Uh, why'd you uh, sign Chase Clayton? Mike McDaniel, sorry. What did I say? McDonald. Michael McDonald. McDonald. <laughs> One of the Doobie Brothers. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be there. Um, no, no respect for Yale guys, huh? Yeah, yeah, he's a Yale guy. That's right, Mike McDaniel. Um, he said, uh, you really want to know the truth? He's like, speed. That's this. I mean, this is Al Davis's dream team right here. He would come out of the grave and own this team if he could I, I saw one of the next gen stats it was like the 10 fastest ball carriers of the year like on top speed and it was hill h and hill it was like nine of the ten and nobody even and waddle wasn't even listed like waddle's pretty damn fast too waddle it's just wasn't it's even an on embarrassment list. of riches in terms of this incredible speed. um so anyway i'm laying it we'll see what happens uh will Will already did his Cincinnati minus two. No, but that was it. But we're already going backwards now. So it's his no, second. But his, so this his my, first pick was under 47 pick? Kansas City. His first oh, pick was under. So it's you, Dodd. Sorry. Yeah. Dodd. My second pick is going to be um, Arizona plus seven. Um, you know, I, I know James Conner's out, and that's fine. I think the Rams are a typical middle of the road, nine and eight, eight and nine kind of NFL team. Uh, I don't think they're, I mean, they're, they're pretty good on offense. I don't think they're very good on defense at all. Uh, I mean, they were up 23, nothing in that Colts game and they let the Colts back in the game. Uh, last week they played well for one half against the Eagles. They played okay against Cincinnati for a little while, but they're, to me, they're just, they're just mediocre, mediocre, mediocre. And uh, Arizona, wow, yeah, they're mediocre too. And Arizona, um, you know, they are what they are. They're they're scrappy. They want they're trying to stay in games. They're like you said, they were hanging around even in that Bengals game. Um, the Rams don't have a home field advantage, and as we know, Arizona travels very well, uh, especially to Los Angeles. No, I'm just kidding about that. They don't <laughs> really? Do they? Uh, yeah. I'm just kidding. Yeah. I'm kidding. But it's actually not that far. But uh, anyways, uh, I just think uh, Arizona plus seven. I just think these are mediocre NFL teams. When you're going to give me seven points in an NFL game that's a, just mediocre versus mediocre, I'll take the seven. Rufus, I wonder if Rufus. You got I was just going to oh. add an important piece of commentary. I wonder if the Rams want any revenge for what Arizona did to the Dodgers this week in baseball. I wonder if there's an element <laughs> cross cross sport revenge spot. 
Yeah, I love cross people sport. who love spots. I love the cross sport revenge. Spot. Yeah, yeah. All right, Rufus, you get two here. We're snaking. What do you got? Oh, I get two. I'm yeah. gonna hold my breath, and I'm gonna take the Jets plus seven. Ooh. I think. I mean, they still have this the vaunted defense, which hasn't actually been as good, and maybe that's just because they're disheartened because of uh, Aaron Rodgers being out and the fact that they have to play defense. Um, and when and watch Zach Wilson when they're not playing defense, but. I, I don't. I mean, Wilson was was a lot better last week against Kansas City. I didn't watch the game because I was. Um, I didn't watch like any of the games last week, Gil, which is probably good. I was watching the Orioles lose in person instead. Yeah, I'm more. But, I, I got to tell you, this is. It is for October. I find myself way more excited about baseball playoffs than I do right now about regular season NFL games. Also, from a betting standpoint, like the the plinko nature of these games just makes it's just like, what are we doing? Hasn't been an overly great I mean, product. I, I think that's fair. That, to say. So that's been, that's the bigger thing, yeah. right? Because we expect to win here eventually, um, long term. But yes, the product like that week five. I know we were losing too, but the games were so bad, so bad in the end. Well, NFL. I think it's the endless four I mean, yard pass to get to second and six, and then the endless three yard run to get to third and two. It's just not very exciting. Sorry, Rufus. Go ahead. No, it's okay. I mean, it, it's also, I mean, there are no real dominant teams. It feels like most teams are like middle of the pack this year, and anybody can beat anybody on a given week. You see, have, see, not you to, have not teams to. like Dallas losing at home to, or I don't remember if it was at home, I think to Arizona, and then, um, yeah. and then coming and crushing somebody, I forget, and then who? They beat the, and then they're getting crushed by San Francisco. And it, it's like, if you try to make sense of it like that, it's, it's like it's anything hard. can happen each week. And yeah. you get it. I mean, like Jacksonville getting blown out by Houston and then beating the bills. It, it is so, and by the way, they yeah. earned that win against the bills. Yeah. They didn't, that was not a fluke at all. Well, the Jacks, unless Jaguars moved the ball, unless you think, and we talked about this a little bit on bet the process, uh, Rufus and Jeff's podcast, unless you think that the bills just managed the travel so poorly that they were just like jet lagged for the first quarter and a half of that damn that, game. That might They're playing simple, a game at 9 a.m. like local time or something, right? Or yeah. what? Or, for, or not local time, but 9 a.m. on their body clock time. If they if they didn't travel, if they traveled like a day or two before, that seems kind of short sighted. By the way, Baltimore traveled this week, so there's a London game. It's in Tottenham uh, this week. Baltimore mm-hmm. traveled on Monday to London. I know that because like, I know the, uh, my buddy Owen on the practice squad. My little buddy Owen. He's like, we're leaving tomorrow. So I'm like, wow, you're going Monday. Tennessee's going to, to tonight. They haven't gone yet. So, I mean, maybe we're all stupid for not just immediately auto-betting Baltimore, but I guarantee you if I bet any Titans game, I'm going to be on the wrong side of it. So I'm not. Baltimore left at halftime of the Steelers game, I think. <laughs> By the way, Will, Will Hill with the great call last night in that baseball game. Can I share this, Will? Um, so the Diamondbacks are busy hitting – four solo shots off Lancelin in the second inning last night. And so, you know, as soon as, like, the third one hit, you're like, what the fuck is that? This is unbelievable. And then uh, who was the – Moreno was the fourth one? Who could keep track? I think so. Um, So he hits one down the right field line. And you can see the guys, the Dodgers bullpen, being like, no, it wasn't a homer. They called it initially a home run. They're like, no, it was to the right of the foul pool. 
Um, and so then they reversed it. And Will, <laughs> Will text right at that moment goes, why are they doing that? He's just going to hit another one out. Why are they wasting their time? And sure enough, next pitch, gone. It's unbelievable. Lance Lynn did that a lot this year. If you watch – I watch a lot of Lance Lynn games this year. He had, like, games where he was great. He had other games where he'd be good for three innings then give up three homers and then be good again. He had this weird homer uh, penchant this year. It was a tremendous amount of like multi-homer innings against him. Yeah, but that, that was, was a funny insane. thread too. He's a homer-prone that pitcher. That's what homer-prone yes. pitchers do. Yeah. Do they give up four in an inning though? Homer-prone pitchers? I mean, Max Scherzer is a homer-prone pitcher too. But like, because we were texting back and forth, guys. Like, Either well, quick hook for Lynn. Wait, oh yeah. What did you say? You said Dave Roberts took him out. He goes early hook. For oh, him. that was early hook quick for. Hook there only four homers <laughs> in elimination. <laughs> early hook from Roberts. Anyway, they never Ruf- scored again. Rufus, we keep interrupting you. I'm sorry. No, I mean, I'm on the Jets plus seven, and I think that uh, that they still – I mean, I still am high enough on their defense. Like, I make the game – let's see. Um, now I even lost – I lost my place on it. I make the game 5.4, so it's not a huge edge or anything like that. But um, but it is an edge, and hopefully Zach Wilson maybe has a little confidence back. I don't know. The maybe. Eagles haven't been overwhelming either. It's not like the Eagles are you're crushing people. I mean, they almost lost to Washington. Well, okay, so let's talk about that for a second. They are and they're not, right? Well, we had an Eric Eager on, Dr. Eric Eager from Super Sports, and he was making a great, you know, passionate speech about how really the best team the Eagles beat last year was the Lions week one because everybody, like, was Cooper Rush playing for Dallas when they, when they beat them. Obviously, San Francisco had the spate of injuries in the playoff game. And then he was saying how if you look at, you know, if you go one by one in these games, and he's right, like Washington probably should have beaten. Terry McLaurin was in bounds, by the way, and Ron Rivera might have gone for two at the end, but none of those things happened, right? So they beat Washington. And then even the Tampa game, which is the one game that they won by a lot heading into last week, it was tight till the end of the second quarter. And so he was making the, he doesn't think Jalen Hurts looks as fast. Then you watch these Eagles games. And even though the score is not gaudy, they control the fucking football, like, in a way that is so, like, those Tuchus bushes, right, that they do, that extend drives. It's just like, they had an eight-minute drive. I know they didn't crush. Who did they play last week again? They didn't crush whoever they played. Rams. Rams. Rams on the scoreboard. But in essence, when you watched it, they did crush them. So, like, I have a hard They're what the Dallas offense wants to be. They're what the Dallas, what the Dallas offense wants to be. Right. And Dallas, don't you think Dallas is like the exact same team they always are? Like, oh, all these players are supposed to be good and they're the same shit. That well, you they have Mike are. McCarthy calling plays. Yeah. So they're a little bit worse than they were last year because of that. Here's the thing with Philly you got to keep them out of third and four because if you get them to third and three, third and four, they're going to do the touch push twice in a row. Like, now they're at the point where they, I think last week they did it twice in a row. Like, this is going to be a thing now. Like, it's hard to keep, keep a they're team out start of third faking. and four. And just, it's unfair. And yeah. Yep. I think they were faking, faking there with Tampa. Yep. Hey, Will, by the way, it's Tuchus Bush. Can we get that right, by the way? It's I Tuchus apologize. Bush. Yes. Yeah. Sounds better when you say it. Yeah, I don't understand. How about um, just TP? TP. Do you... Do you it's a Giddish podcast. Not to, not to belabor this, because we've talked about it before on the Megapod, but what we, what, the conclusion we came to is there's three things, right? Aaron Schatz put this out well. He goes, should Philly be banned from doing it? No. Should other teams try to do it and perfect it like they do? Yes. Those things aren't the real question. The real question is, should they change the rules to allow the defense to push each other back? That's what needs to happen, right? Because it's unfair. Yeah, I actually think they should outlaw it. I I think they shall. It's just such a boring play. Interesting. A boring play. So you just you want to you want to adjudicate against boredom. That's what you're saying. It's like the extra point where it's automatic. Yeah, right. But but if they change the rules, then it wouldn't be automatic. 
if they allowed the defense to push too. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, there was then a it becomes time, by like the way, a glorified tug of war type situation, right? That's what it reminds you of, right? A little tug of war, a little battle yeah. of the there, net. By the way, there was, if you guys remember, there was at least a couple of years back they changed the rule that you were not allowed to do this like five years ago. Oh, you weren't? Well, you used to no. not be able to push people, right? I, th- I always oh, thought that was Oh, brutal. that's right. Because the Reggie Bush, even on the college level, right? The Reggie Bush, Matt Liner thing no, against no, Notre Dame, right? That's and right. They changed the rule to allow you to do it. Well, good on the Eagles for taking advantage of it. But, yeah, you got to be able to push back. I agree with that. What part do you agree with? Which part? Good on the Eagles. Hey, they found a a glitch, and they're just exposing it. But I I do think, as a viewer, it's not great. I I do think the league probably looks into this. I thought they'd get rid of it last year, so who knows? By the way, Todd, you're old enough to remember. Do you remember Battle of the Network Stars when they used to do a tug-of-war on that thing? There's always always a a little clips on that Super 70s sports guy i was just watching <laughs> robert you're dunking katherine bach from dukes of hazard and howard Cosell goes kathy bach up there with her teddy bear she isn't sure oh into the tank kathy bach was uh <laughs> famous for da- she was daisy dukes she used to wear right. it now we call those shorts <laughs> daisy dukes yeah um I have no idea what you old people are talking about. Yeah, there, so there used to be, when there was only, back in our day, Rufus, when there was only three channels in the world, NBC, CBS, and ABC, they used to take the primetime stars of all their shows, and they used to, like, pit them Olympics. in all these, like yeah, in all these athletic events. And you'd have, like, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a name, Robert Conrad. Robert Conrad. Yeah. Robert Conrad against <laughs> Gabe Kaplan in the 400-meter dash. And they'd be, like, <laughs> in each other's faces at the end, like, arguing. And Cosell, they actually rolled Cosell out to do the commentary. He fantastic. He's fantastic. He but, and then at the end, they would have the tug of war, and he'd be like, Ed Asner, just <laughs> holding it together for the CBS Ed Asner. It's so great. Valerie Bertinelli doing it all. Valerie Bertinelli. I just saw that on TikTok, uh, ran into this one where Al Michaels was describing the first time he met Bob Costas. Uh, it was at some game, uh, and he was introducing something. And Cosell came from behind Al Michaels, and Bob Costas, a young Bob Costas, meeting Cosell for the first time, said, Howard, uh, Bob Costas, NBC, it's a pleasure to meet you. And Cosell takes the cigar out of his mouth. Takes a cigar out of his mouth and goes, I know who you are. You're the child that rhapsodizes about the infield fly rule. <laughs> Phenomenal. <laughs> the child that rhapsodizes about the infield. Howard Cosell was such a great piece oh. of, of sports announcing that we'll never really see again because never. they'll never allow Never. The first, oh, I'm sorry, not tangent. The first Hearns Leonard fight, which to me is the greatest fight I've ever seen in my life. There's a moment in there where he's he's just like, shifting tides ebb and flow. When have you seen a fight like this? <laughs> it's just like just people like that. He never, no one's describing games. By the way, I just want to say this: when you watch Costas do baseball now, I used to love Bob Costas doing baseball, and now I feel like. He's such a throwback, and we've all become acclimated to a different way of broadcasting that his is almost annoying now. And I feel like it's unfair to him because he was so great back then. Does anybody else have that with Costas? I never thought he was as good on, on announcing as mm. he was in the like, studio. But Rufus, how old are you that you don't have a Howard Cosell? Uh, yeah. How old are you? I know who Howard Cosell is. Rufus is 23 oh. years old. 23 years old. 37. Now, how old are you? Yeah. Are you 37? 
Oh, okay, that makes sense that you wouldn't know Battle of the Network Stars. Yeah. Wow, me and you are getting really old, Gil. We are getting, time, we're getting so fucking it's old. Sent to, it's, it's time to funny. be sent to the nursing home. <laughs> to the nursing home. All right, where are we again? Where are we? It's 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 uh, Rufus again. Rufus, third oh, one. Oh, I picked Jets plus seven. Oh, yeah, you yeah, my third? Third one, okay. yeah. yeah. I'm going to change my, my mind here and, and go to Baltimore minus four. Oh, uh, he did it. Travel. Said, I lean, like, travel. So, so I make the number minus 5.6 without the travel stuff, and I do believe uh, I do believe in that travel stuff a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I do too. Um, in terms of, of giving your body time to to acclimate. And so, By the way, uh, that... I did not know that Baltimore was yeah. going early and Tennessee was not until now, so I, I think that, that puts me over the edge. I bullied Rufus into a pick. No, that's my third also. I, I am doing that because of the, not only the travel, but apparently John Harbaugh has planned this travel schedule for years because apparently they had they had a game in london at some point in the past and they botched it and it has stuck in his craw all these years so apparently in the summertime he like made sure he had some you know hack who did their itinerary with the nfl that this was going to be their plan so he's thought about this in advance and by the way baltimore should be five and oh the two games they lost pittsburgh this past week which was just an abomination of drop passes and then the Are you one thing the Yinzers didn't deserve it. The Yinzers did not deserve it. Would you like to say something about that? No, I can't. I'm just too bad in mood. But go ahead. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, and the other one was what that Indianapolis overtime game where they had the ball once in plus territory in overtime, and the other time like their own 47, and they three and outed on both, and then the refs didn't throw a flag. They should be five and zero. I'm taking Baltimore. That's it. I don't care. I'm going against Tennessee. See what happens. Baltimore minus four and a half. Dodd, what's your last one? I actually had Titans written down, but now I'm not going to do it. You guys scared the crap out of me. <laughs> Baltimore's totally winning by three now. I'm guaranteeing it's going to happen. I mean, I, I was just going to do it based on the variable factor, and somehow he'd find a way to keep it close like a lot of these Titan games. But I, I, I'm not going to do it now. I'm going to um, – I'm gonna go with the uh, oh man. It's just it's this week. It's, it's just, slim it's pickings this week, man. It's, it's tough. Yeah, it's really really hard. I knew that uh, about last week, though. I had a bad feeling about last week. I did. I guess I'm gonna go with. Uh, I want. I guess I'll take the over in the uh, Bills Giants game. Um, <laughs> it sounds so you much. Know what? Forget that. So much conviction. Scratch. Scratch that. Scratch that. I'm going to go against the wind. I know the wind is crazy. I know everyone's betting the the under in the Bears-Vikings game, and it's down to 43 and a half. I know this is, you're not supposed to go against the wind, and it's probably the wrong thing to do, but I just have a feeling that these teams' defenses are so bad that, that they still might give up a bunch of points. So I'm going to go over uh, 43 and a half in the, in the Bears game. Uh, if the wind is not that bad, I, I think this game would be just – you know, flying over because the Bears defense is just horrendous. And the Vikings defense is also horrendous and they're they're both decent on offense. So uh, I'm going to hope the wind doesn't get me and go with over 43 and a half. And maybe the correction for the wind is, is overblown a little bit. And uh, we go over 43 and a half. The you were Bob Seeger handicap. Against what, what's the that? wind. Oh, We've been running against <laughs> the wind. Nice job, Rufus. Rufus, that sounds that like good. you're older than I, 37. I that's, I had to show that that I may not be that old, but I have a little bit of wisdom. <laughs> That's great. By the way, Rufus, I listened to your Ben Meserich and uh, uh, what's it called, uh, Jeff uh, podcast. It was oh, very interesting. That was something, huh? That, oh, that was something. That that guy. I was into, oh man. I, the, I was into the. Um, 
I've been into this whole SBF uh, FTX thing, you know, trial that's going on in the book with Michael Lewis, which, by the way, is if you guys like reading and if you like reading Michael Lewis and, and this is not about who's right or who's wrong or whether he's whitewashed or anything, just from an entertainment factor, the guy writes books that are oh, just so, so great. Oh, he's a fantastic writer. But, but how so, is SBF being whitewashed? He, he is a white guy. No, no. What I mean is a lot of people. <laughs> Saying that Michael like Lewis Jeff Ma was whitewashed. Jeff Ma was whitewashed in twenty one. You know, he really that, was. What I mean is like they're 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 criticizing Michael Lewis and they're saying that he's oh, not yeah. saying SBF is, is guilty enough in the book. And I that's not the way I read the book. But anyways, it, if you like well, that kind of stuff. Right. I mean, I think Michael Lewis isn't a journalist, he's a writer, and I think he tells a really good story, and I'm sure it's a great book, but I I do think he bought into the Kool-Aid a little bit from what I've, from his interviews. I mean, maybe he's just trying to sell books, but you know, that, that, yeah, that uh, sells. And I'm not making, right. I'm not making a comment on that. You might be a hundred percent right on that. All I'm saying is I really, it's so entertaining the way he writes. A book okay. As a story, if he's talking about like the, the, the business, because he's talking about how it, it, he was saying how there was a fundamental business that, and a lot of people kind of disagree. I, I'll say this. A lot of people smarter than me disagree. That there was yeah, even a fundamental there, business, right? It was a whole. There, yeah, there right. was. That there the, was. the whole reason the exchange. Well, right. That's what Michael Lewis said. The whole reason the exchange worked was because of because of Alameda. Alameda. Actually, the capital. But he's saying that Alameda. Wait, generally, Wait Todd, hurt. Todd, let him finish the sentence. The whole reason what now? Say again. Right. Well, FTX needed Alameda. I mean, people were basically people were taking advantage of Alameda. That's why how they were getting all the volume they did. Um, I, I don't understand it perfectly, but I can explain the what you're I saying. Respect, what, what you're he's saying pair up is what Lewis said. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm going to say what your point is. Your point is okay. that Alameda was making markets in a lot of tokens, and that's what made this. Here's the argument that you're making, and it's a good argument. Alameda was making markets and tokens to make the exchange have more liquidity, and in order, and that would bring more people onto the exchange in order to trade. If there was more liquidity on there, and people could trade in all these different tokens, so Alameda is taking the other side of these trades. And that's and what you're very bad at it. Right. And so that's and why they were getting all this liquidity because they were very bad at it. And so and I think it's that's like a true. sports book. It's like there's a sports book hanging really, really bad lines. We're all going to go bet there. It doesn't make it the best sports book. And if then, you know. No, no, I agree with no, one second. That, that uh, definitely, certainly in 2019, 2020, and probably the beginning of 2021, that was 100% true. And Alameda did lend a tremendous amount of liquidity to the marketplace. But then by the end, they were only like 5% of the trades. So it's true that it wouldn't exist without Alameda. So that's true too. So I, again, well, it wouldn't I think exist the without somewhere... all the money they had to pay Tom Brady and all, you know, all these ridiculous. Uh... All these ridiculous endorsements and God, they they got right. Well, no, I mean, it's a tremendous so. mismanagement. No, one oh, second, yeah. Rufus. I'm not. I'm not defending this SBF guy. He's a he's a crook. He's a hundred percent crook, and and he's standing behind the uh, effective altruism, um, the effective altruism. Um, uh, what's it called? Movement, and and he would even make. He even made excuses. I was following the trial. He said, oh, well, it's okay if we steal from the customer accounts because we're doing the greater good for humanity. I mean, it's ridiculous nonsense, obviously. So I agree with you. SBF is a pro. What's I'm the, just saying. Well, what's the name of the book? What's the name of the book, don't, Todd? Going Infinite. Something Billions. And then. The, no, it's called Going, and then, going no, Infinite. No. What is it? Going Infinite. Yeah. Oh, Going Infinite. Yeah. Billion Infinite? No, Going, going infinite. infinite. 
Going Infinite by Michael Lewis. I was thinking about I was thinking about the Ben Mesrick book about Facebook. But but yeah. you, you mentioned the Ben Mesrick interview and it was the, the whole what is truth thing with Ben Mesrick, right? Yeah, that was fantastic. It was really a good inter interview with uh, Ben Mesrick. I love him. He actually wrote another book after Bringing Down the House, which was like about more sophisticated card counting that they used to do, which was unbelievable as well. But people, he didn't get the same traction for that one. I love that. One. I, I will say he, he he did claim on Bet the Process that his book and the movie made Vegas happen. It brought Vegas back. That's what he said. Mm. And I was like, yeah, I, I don't, I, 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 do I don't think. I, I don't think that's that's, that's a I think big... Vegas was there. Yeah, that, that's you, you didn't make Vegas happen. Wow. What a what a what a gaudy claim that is to. Uh... And I thought the movie yeah. 21 wasn't even half as good. as oh, the book. Oh, no, the, 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 the movie sucked. The movie was awful. It was horrible compared yeah. to the book. Uh, the book was I mean, phenomenal. I like all movies that I like all movies that take place in Vegas. But <laughs> that's just me. I thought it was like a bad episode of Las Vegas, the TV show. That's how bad that movie was. It. Yeah. Well, comparing it to the book, the Gilly. book was phenomenal, yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. With Jeff Ma was obviously right in the middle of. By the way, I, I didn't do Rufus any justice. Not only do, do he and Jeff have uh, the Bet the Process podcast, where that Ben Mesrick uh, episode can be found, but also he is half of the Massey Peabody Analytics team, and of course he's a co-founder of Unabated, which he does with our buddy Captain Jack and a host of others. You also uh, appeared on a uh, podcast, an Unabated podcast, which I thought was great the other day with. Uh, Tom Viola, give everybody who's unfamiliar with Unabated the uh, the thirty second elevator pitch, Rufus. What is Unabated? Uh -oh. I, I hadn't prepared this. Uh, uh, unabated provides. Why do you tools make him do this? Because I love to hear him stumble. Yeah. Okay. Unabated provides tools to help people be better betters. We have an odd screen. We have tools to essentially let you figure out um, which bets are bet or better in terms of derivatives and line shopping. Um, and we have tools to let you quantify your own opinion for different things. So um, if you want to know the value of a half yard on a, on a receiving yards prop, Todd, maybe you should check it out. You did a great job. I, I, unabated is awesome. Unabated is really, I think, is, is a, just a tremendous thing. If you are, forget it, you could be the most veteran gambler. But certainly if you're a new gambler also, like what a leg up. From oh, I use it. Look, yeah, I I saw like last night there was, um, somebody had offered um, you know, to wanted to cross match me with uh, um, the Florida International UTEP game, which the line the spread was three at that point, and I looked and I uh, on unabated day we have we have a really good college football injury stuff. I literally clicked the little icon on the side and it said you know from literally five minutes before that uh, that they're. UTEP quarterback was ruled out, and so I ended up passing on that bet, and I didn't make money that I would have made. But um, the fourth, the yeah. fourth string quarterback but, was Joe Montana. Yeah. Right, right. But but then but but I passed on a plus three, and actually ended up moving to plus four. So you know I, I would have been getting taken advantage of. Did did, so, yeah. did Ben Mesrick unabated? Also? We don't let you get taken advantage of. Unabated. There, this should be your motto. We don't let you get taken exactly. advantage of. Um, I should be using it more, by the way. Uh, ben Mesrick also claimed to uh, invent the question mark. Like, what other things did he claim while he was on that <laughs> show as well? He, he invented outlandish things. What is it? It made outlandish he claims like he salad. invented the, the question mark. By the way, regardless of his point about Vegas, yeah. his, his interview with Jeff and, and Rufus yeah. was fantastic. I, I got I to gotta watch that. Now I feel I'm, terrible. I'm going to admit something I've never admitted publicly. Oh, wow. I've never, I've never read any of his. I've never read Bring Down the House. Are you, you serious? 
It's really entertaining. Is that because you know Jeff personally and don't, you feel Don't it? tell Jeff. Oh, dude, it's a great book. Rufus, I, no, you'll enjoy it just from the – it's very oh, enjoyable sure book. Sure I would. Yeah, no, it's so great about how MIT concocted the team and how they operated. It. It's just phenomenal. It's, Facebook it's based, book, on, book it's based on a true story, too. Did you true read the story. Facebook book? Did you it's read his Facebook book? Story. I, Rufus, did you read the, the one? Okay. I didn't. Did I, said, read, I have not read any of his books, to be honest. Oh, like you should read that one, too, because that one was all, that movie was actually better, like closer to the book as far as good. But it, that book was also very good. The Facebook book. I did not read the Facebook book. You would like it, Gilly. <laughs> I just Gilly, like to say like, I just like to say Facebook uh, book. book. Yeah. Gilly, uh, you would like the Facebook book a lot. You should get that. I would. There was a great one of the pandemic docs on Netflix about Facebook was just phenomenal in the worst kind of way. Um, OK, uh, not last two questions yet. First, first, uh, the cheeser. Will has to give Will has to give his third pick for. Oh, yeah. Will third. What do you got? I'll go under. Give me 37 or 37 and a half in San Francisco, Cleveland. I'd say 37 looks 30. Well, I don't know. What do you guys think? Um, I am seeing 37. That's what I'll I'm go under. Un- unabated has the, the, uh, the unabated line under 37 minus 102 no vague. So actually DraftKings oh. has 37 and a half. So does FanDuel. So, but mm. see, see what they try to do, Rufus. They try to screw me. I mean, this is what they do. Um, <laughs> I'll go under 37. Well, well, I will say Gil tried to screw himself because I took, I took Baltimore minus four and then he went and took Baltimore minus four and a half and I was like Gil it's I haven't bet it so I didn't move the line just by saying Baltimore minus four (laughs) I just took a glance you're right it's minus four Rufus moved the line just by uttering it (laughs) all right so my official numbers I have it down as minus four okay it's minus four thank you very much I think Gil should get minus four and a half though (laughs) because he made an error um yeah not in my betting account yet but I will bet that um okay so under 37 under Will 37, Will? Why, yeah, why? Yeah, why do you like yeah I mean, I just I think if Watson plays, they'll be super conservative. He's not going to be 100%. If he doesn't play, I just don't see how Cleveland scores more than, like, I don't know, 10, 13 points. I, I guess you stumble into 10, 13 points against anybody. But uh, and, and I think San Francisco, look, it's still a really good defense for Cleveland. I think San Francisco, knowing Cleveland won't be able to score, probably plays it a little more conservative than usual. So to me, this is like a 20 to 13 type of game. Uh, I'll go under here. Yeah, the uh, Browns announced that it would be P.J. Walker, not DTR, not Dorian Thompson-Robinson, if uh, Deshaun Watson couldn't go. And then there's this weird thing where Deshaun Watson did not talk to the press in his regularly scheduled uh, appearance yesterday. He will not talk to the press today. We do this Thursday. Not scheduled to talk to the press. So I don't know what all that's about either. But anyway. And apparently P.J. Walker said yesterday that I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Yeah. So, Mm. right. So, I think, and the I think Ravens played them. The Ravens played them twenty-four-three in the first half, and then it was zero-zero in the second half. So it could be very similar to that game. PJ Walker, of course, as we all know, a uh, a uh, wasn't he a uh, what was the Panthers and Temple XFL? No, no, the XFL. I was going to make a joke. I was going to say uh, PJ Walker. Did he play for one of the Washington teams in one of these leagues? No, maybe not. No, he played for the Houston Roughnecks. Oh, why did I thought I thought he played for Washington? Oh, anyway, there was a Washington quarterback in the XFL. Yeah. I mean, of course they had a quarterback. No, but I thought it was P.J. Walker. Doug Williams. Yeah. Doug Williams was on the Houston Gamblers before he was on the Redskins. Um, Good team name. He, was he on the Houston Gamblers? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. There were so I many, man, so many of those great Skins teams, they were all USFL players. Like like Ricky Sanders was a Houston. Uh, who was the team that Jim Kelly played for? I thought Jim Kelly was a oh, Houston maybe, Gambler. Yeah, Jim Kelly yeah. was Houston Gamblers. I R- think Doug Williams was also on one of those Ricky Sanders teams. played for the Houston Gamblers. 
Um, Kelvin Bryant played for the Philadelphia Stars. Gary Clark played for somebody, too, I think. Um, can't remember who. Yeah. Gil, I need to know, do you refer to the Washington oh, it's a great football question. team? What do you ref like? I, I, I'm probably going to get canceled for saying this, but I still call them the Redskins. So this is, a um, this is a great thing. I hate the name Commanders. Well, I hate the Commanders, and I use everything besides, right? Commodes, Commodores, Commandos, Commies. I, I refuse. I hate Commanders. Well, when we text, sometimes I call them the Skins. You say Skins right back? I say Skins all the time. I don't say, I don't say the full Redskins, right? Because that, to me, is not to be said again. But since we're having the conversation, I don't want to. Don't want to dance around it, but I, I say think they should have kept the name and just changed the mascot to an Idaho Redskin potato. Yeah, like I I think that skins is can be without the without the the color modifier can be changed into some diversity kind of thing. I don't know what that has to do with Washington necessarily, but I think it can be done that way. I don't know what your logo is going to be. I always thought the team should be the Washington Power with like a fist. But uh, nobody seems to like that. What? I think Washington football team might be the compromise in the end, uh, going back to that, because I do think Josh Harris is going to is going to change it back to something. It won't be Commanders for long. But as far as well, we, you know, they're oh, aren't no, they being sued by uh, other Native American groups for changing the name away from Redskins now? Away they're from being it. Yeah. So I heard um, about you can't that. Can't win, right? You can't win. I mean, why don't they just call it what the city is? The Washington Dysfunctionals. There you go. That would. Uh, but to answer your question, though, being in being having a podcast, having a show, it is an awkward dance, right? Because if you grow up on a team, you were, it is such a part of you that to for me not to say skins would be so inauthentic. But then you were, you know Steve Zabin, who used to be the biggest uh, Washington sports talk yeah. radio host. Steve Zabin, who was on uh, other national sports talk ones, 980. Yeah, sports talk 980. So Zabe, we were at dinner when he comes into town. We were hanging out, and I said to him that I don't say the full name; I say Skins, and he just hated that I did that. Like he staunchly says the old name, and he just thought that was such a pussy move for me not to do that. <laughs> and I was just like, I no, I, I mean, I thought I was the one being, you know, oh, I'm being so risky, still saying Skins. So I don't know. It, it's a tough thing, I guess, to answer your question, Rufus. It's awkward. It's never isn't this silliness. Isn't this just silliness? It is silliness, and it's there's always I mean, a, an I'm, internal conversation in my head. Oh, here I'm going to have to say it. What do I say? Right. I'm, me and you are the most in favor of everything for Native Americans or any other group that you could possibly want. But when when you say Redskins, you say it with a term of affection. Yes. Now, granted, if, yes. the, if those people. Don't want us to say Redskins anymore. Fine, we won't say Redskins anymore. You will. We'll call it another team name. But there's actual real problems in the world. Oh yeah, and for sure, probably real problems in the world with Native Americans. And changing the name of a football team is going to do zero for anyone. Yeah. Especially, there's no malice when anyone's saying Redskins as saying Redskins or or Indians or anything. It's like such silliness. But you know, I mean, it's a it's a weird. And thing. you still have the Chiefs and the Braves, and they're still doing the. Well, the, uh, the yeah, the thing, Braves yeah. are still doing that, which is just unbelievable. And yet, I'm like, how is that happening? How is that allowed? And yet, you don't, 
Redskins had to change their name. And by the way, the, the Cleveland Guardians, formerly the Indians, their logo was the most offensive thing of anything, one could argue, their past logo. And yeah. it took them like, you know how, how organizations go, like in college football, we'll go to the 12-team playoff in 2024, 20, whatever it is, right? They, it took them an extra year to get rid of that logo. Like, really, did you need a year to get rid of your logo because you wanted to monetize your whatever your new name was going to be? It's like... So anyway. It took the Redskins two years to come up with the team name oh, when yeah. they came up with Commanders. The so. big reveal like, for Commanders, yeah. Oh, yeah. What a joke. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know... Oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. All right, final two questions. No, teaser first. What's we have your, the teaser. Two-team, six-point teaser. teaser. The teaser records, by the way. We didn't say the records oh, at yeah. the beginning of the show. Oh, please. The yes, gives us horrible records. Willie's seven and eight. That's not that bad. Seven and eight. Willie, Willie's six and nine. That's pretty bad. Todd, <laughs> just kidding. Bro. Todd, seven, six, and two. And the guess is seven, seven, and one. And on the teaser world, Gilly is two and three. Will is three and two. Oh. I am four and one, and the guest is three and two on the teasers. Okay. Uh, your, fav- your favorite two-leg six-point teaser this week, Rufus, would be? So, actually, can I can I defer and have you guys go first? And then- you sure can. Oh. Todd. Okay. Todd, what do you got? I'll go with the Los Angeles Clippers plus the eight and a half. Do I, is, are they at two and a half now? Yeah, yes. Uh-huh. Okay, so I'll go with the LACs plus eight and a half. Uh, I just think that, you know, I'm a, I am was a little nervous taking them on the spread because it's the Chargers and the Cowboys just got wiped out 42 to 10. So I didn't want to take the Chargers, but I still don't. I mean, is there ever going to be a Charger game that lands outside of eight in the history of the franchise? Maybe not. Probably Maybe not. not. They're probably going to play every single game down to the wire. And if you're a Charger fan, it's going to go one way or the other, and you're going to have a heart attack. So I'll take the L.A. Chargers for this one to come down to the end of the game again, uh, plus eight and a half. And on the other side, I'm going to take the Bears. Plus, yes. Uh, yes. What do I get for the Bears? Two, eight and a half? Yeah, eight and a half. Bears, Bear, for the same reason, right? Like Minnesota can't possibly beat you by more than eight and a half, right? It, Minnesota is just, it, it's a ridiculous yeah. team. I mean, I, I took Minnesota plus five in the in game last week. And as I was doing it, I was like, yeah, why don't we just top it off with another Kirk Cousins loser? And, uh, you know, 
it's just a ridiculous team, the Minnesota Vikings. They're not good on defense at all. They're pretty good on offense. I don't see them beating anybody by eight and a half. And the Bears are, are starting to show you know, signs of life. So I'll pick the Bears plus eight and a half. I, uh, I have the same exact teaser. I know on a numbers game this morning, because I don't want to, people are going to be like, wait a minute, you said Bears, uh, Washington. I did say the Bears and the Washington taco holders uh, as my favorite two-leg uh, six-point teaser this morning. But I don't think the taco holders are as are as good, um, or as or as, let's put it this way, I feel like they could lose by ten sooner than I could think that the Chargers would. So I'm going to amend that to the old: the Vikings don't beat anybody by more than one score, and the Chargers don't lose to anybody by more than one score. So I'm going to go Bears Chargers as well. I'll amend that. Will Hill. What can possibly go wrong? Chargers and Bears for oh, me as well. Oh, boy. That's so done. That but teaser's never getting home. Teasers, no, on teasers, we are able to get home if we all take the same thing. Oh. On regular picks, oh, we're not allowed. That's but on teasers, we have been able to get home when we all have the same teaser. As written okay. in the constant in the Megapod Constitution, written in 1787. According, according to the Constitution, if three people have uh, how, the pick, yeah. then it will lose. Yeah. Rufus, we're back Rufus. to you. Okay, back to me. I, I will go with. Um, so the the uh, first off, I would say that I wouldn't tease these unless you're getting um, minus 120, and. Even then, like, so I have Sanford, like, using the unabated teaser tool, actually. Uh, the the Saints minus 7.5 to minus 1.5 is a plus 1.8%. That's the best tease leg um, at 6.2 team minus 120. Wait, wait, you're talking about the Texans yes. plus 7.5? Okay. No, San Francisco. Did, San I say, Francisco. did I say the wrong? You said the Saints. San Francisco, yeah. I thought you said the Saints. Oh, did I say Saints? Yeah. Oh, sorry, San Francisco. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so 49ers so, down to... Down to one, right? One and a half. Minus one, minus one and a half. Um, right. Obviously, you could shop around different books and get different things. I actually like that too. And then the other one, like I'm, I'm struggling finding a second one that's actually good at that pricing. Um, Chargers, you go plus two and a half to plus eight and a half. It's like negative on its own, but but overall that teaser is still a positive. You know, it's still positive in aggregate. I was trying to see if I could find something better. Um, How about I'm the Patriots? Sure They're a good know. team. You want the Patriots? They're <laughs> oh yeah. I'm a, a really I, good I coach. And by the way, they usually lose by less than twenty-four points typically. I want the Patriots. They're a good team. Actually, I think okay. I'm gonna go Washington as my second leg there. there so you the go. Washington leg. So so overall, I have that the sixteen six point two leg minus one twenty is a plus, is one point five seven percent ROI according to the unabated teaser tool. Okay. A good unabated plugs in there too. Did I was I on bet the process? Well, after? It's really like the teaser tool is very cool. You can literally just click the things and it like auto populates your edge there, and you could set your like your sportsbooks rules and it goes off of like it, it, basically the um, the market. It's using the market number. So if your book is offering you like a point that's slightly off, like for example, um, the line in the Washington game actually the true no vig lines plus two and a half plus one hundred one. Whereas San Francisco, it's well, it's minus seven half plus one one. So like if you know if, if I'm then teasing San Francisco minus eight to minus two, for example, I don't think there's any book that has that, but it would it would factor that in in terms of of the edge on that particular mm -hmm. line. So man, unabated.com. I would say I would say though go for the I think you're going to do better with three leg, um, six point teasers. I mean you, you like those at like plus one sixty are going to be. 
much better, much better value there. So the, 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 the two leg teasers just aren't there. Like the, the two leg teasers, the two leg six pointers are just not, there's not a lot of good prices out there anymore on this. There really aren't. There really aren't. There's just a, as high as minus 150 in town, by the way, on some, in some of these spots. We have like, I'll to put say- it this way. The implied edge of San Francisco teasing them minus seven and a half to minus one and a half on a three leg uh, plus 160 pricing is 3.39%, where it was, I, said, I think I said it was just over 1% on a two leg minus 120. Nice. Is, is, is six point plus 160 very widely available? I thought, yeah. Uh, I think it still is out there a little bit. I don't know. I haven't really been looking too hard. I mean, early, I think early season teasers are going to be a little bit weaker also, just because there's more variance. Let me see if I, I'm just going to plug in something here real quick. If I teased it. Does the unabated, yeah. here's a question Book, I have. Gilly. Bookmakers plus 150, I know, yeah. Does the, does the unabated machine take into account that uh, referees have a tendency to call more fouls against the team winning by 15 than a team winning by two? Because um, <clears throat> it seems to me that happens uh, quite a lot in the National well, Football League. You know, if that's reflected in how in the gameplay in the NFL, then yes, we do take it into account. There you go. <laughs> Ask a question, you get your answer. All right, final two questions then. Uh, of the big favorites, which is the most likely, in your opinion, to lose outright? Kansas City is a 10.5 point favorite tonight. Uh, Thursday night, hosting the Denver Broncos. Uh, San Francisco, 7.5 point favorites on the road against the Cleveland Brownies. Dolphins, 13.5, some 14s, but 13.5 consensus hosting the Carolina Panthers. And, oh, there's a bunch. Rams, seven-point favorites at home against the Cardinals. Eagles, seven-point favorites on the road against the Jets. And the Buffalo Bills, 14 and a hook, hosting the Giants on Sunday night football. Uh, Rufus, one of those teams loses outright. Which is the most likely? I mean, the Jets, or sorry, the, the Eagles are most likely to lose outright. But in terms of relative to the point spread, I would I would say Carolina. Um I know you love the Dolphins, but it feels, I mean, this is not a very quantitative take here, but it feels that, that Miami's a, they're, they're more of a high variance team. And I, I think I expect Carolina to kind of get better. Um, I think Frank Wright's a better coach than, than he has shown so far. They're a younger team. Um, I don't know. I just, I just have a feeling they put it together one of these games. Wow. Okay. Didn't expect that answer. Again, not, I'm not, I'm not taking the money line, but that's not a quantitative take, but. <laughs> You're not allowed to have non-quantitative takes, Rufus. I'm uh, not allowed to have feelings either. No feelings from you. Everything has to be rational, robotic. That's right. No, no feelings. Dodd. Rams. Where? I already said I on my pick mm-hmm. because I just think that the Rams are not that vaunted that they should be giving seven to anyone. Will. Be a little different. I'll say the Chiefs. I just think uh, Kelsey beat up, short week, not great weapons. Um Maybe Denver can run in on him a little bit. I'll say Denver. Denver what about Taylor sick. Swift? How's Taylor Swift this week? Taylor Swift's a, a huge distraction, obviously. That's worth probably a point and a half, two points of the spread. So. Is she coming to but the game Denver this week? Because last week there was no Swift. She she's is. at the game. She's, oh, okay. she's going to be there. Yeah. Because my friend has a teenage daughter who now is watching football with him, and he's like, and I'm like, well, did she watch last week? He goes, of course not. Taylor wasn't at the game. Well, of course not. Taylor wasn't at the game. Uh, I'm going to say it's the, say the Eagles. I'm going to say the Eagles. Just because I think the Jets' defense, maybe the Eagles aren't as good. I don't know. 
It seems like they're great when I watch them, but maybe they aren't. Maybe all my, what Dr. Eric Eager was saying is correct. So I'm going to say the Jets defense and then Zach does just enough. I don't feel how – I'm not very confident about that, but I'll go with that one. Uh, and then the last question. You live in a bizarro world. You must bet a side in each and every one of these games, but you're allowed one free pass on the side. One. Rufus, what's the game you want no part of? Um, let's see. Uh, Washington. Atlanta. Washington, Atlanta. Falcons, two and a half point favorites. Wants no part of that. Too volatile, both teams. Wrap your arms around either of these teams. Boring game. Boring game. Dodd. Mm, I don't know. Maybe uh, I don't really want to bet the whole week. Can I just take the whole week off? Uh, <laughs> Todd, you already, you're not doing a Yinzer. You're not doing a Dolphin song. The people are going to be very I, upset I with just, you. I'm, such, I'm in such a bad mood that I can't do those things this week. I'm sorry. Yeah. Me, but been a real bummer the week uh i guess i wouldn't play the saints texans saints texans will bills giants bills just have too many injuries i, I don't want to any part of the giants though so bills giants pretty easy pass for me interesting angle you know, with dable going back to buffalo so maybe he's got some familiarity with them but feels revenge like spot. their score but it's a revenge spot is what it is for not making him the head coach yeah, yeah i guess yeah. sure yeah um i'll say saints and the texans as well the Saints beat the Patriots 34 to nothing. I don't know what that even means with how bad the Patriots are. Um, and Mac Jones specifically. And Houston, I think Houston's really good, but this will tell me a lot more about them. So this is a game that I would just sit back and watch. By the way, there's a lot of these. Like, I don't know that I'd want to play the Colts and the Jaguars either, to be quite honest. Um, so, but I'll go Saints-Texans. All right, boys, we've done all we can do. Uh, appreciate it again. Rufus Peabody from Unabated, from the Bet the Process podcast, from Massey Peabody from New York City, from Las Vegas, Nevada, wherever else he's got a place now. Um, thank you, Rufus. Appreciate it, man. Thank you for having me on the pod as well. Hey, thanks for having me too. It's a, it's a good pod exchange. It is. It's an exchange program that we're doing here. We start doing that every week. Todd Wishnet from his mom's cork attic. Todd, uh, uh, I'm with you, man. I hear, I hear what you're saying off, uh, offline. It ain't a good time. It ain't a good time at all. But thank you for even showing up, despite your lack of a Miami Dolphin song or a Yinzer accent. We'll let you off the hook this week. Now you say, cool. Thank you, Gil. I just, uh, <laughs> this has been a very difficult week. And, yes. In many very difficult week, say again? In many, many ways. In many, many ways. I agree. All right. Will Hill. Thank you, Will. Appreciate it. I right, appreciate it, guys. It was fun. Thanks. Um, let's go Phillies. Let's go Astros. Come on now. Close them out, Phillies. By the way, the Phillies might win the World Series. They have the best starting. In well, according opinion. to my bet, they will over the Astros. Um, hope it goes down that way. We'll see. Uh, enjoy. Good luck with all your week six bets. In the, I'm sorry. What? Oh, he says bye to Rufus in the middle of the close. Good luck with all your bets. Week six of the National Football League. Thanks for listening. There's a shortcut to platinum status at Shell, to saving 10 cents per gallon on every fill every day. Just fill up six times with Shell V-Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline, and it's yours. Plus, you'll rejuvenate your engine. Get ready to level up performance, rewards, and savings. With continuous use in gasoline direct injection engine fuel injectors, platinum status is earned with 12 fill-ups over three months, 10-gallon minimum per fill-up at participating Shell locations. Terms apply. Visit fuelrewards.com status.
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.